Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Uh, Hey, I'm excited. I want to continue. We had a little interruption last week. Uh, divine interruption. We talked about love. Uh, I don't know why. It was something to do with the week. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, it was Valentine's week, and uh, we, we kind of d- dove into that a little bit. But I wanted to get back into our bold prayer series. Um, and uh, as I was kind of studying and learning and asking God, I was like, okay, where, where do we go? He said, you're not done yet. And so I wanted to continue on that. So we're going to keep going that. And, and this was what he showed me, because I was, is anyone, maybe I'm the only one, does everyone ever have this, I'm going to say argument with God, but have a discussion with him? Okay, it's okay, by the way, it's okay if you do that. The reason I know is because David did all the time. Uh, he, he lamented a lot, and he, he had a lot of interesting discussions. In fact, some of the things he said, I was like, whoa, uh-uh, I don't know about that, David. But as we know in Scripture, he was still re- revered by God as his as a, a dear servant, and so understand that he gives us, God is big enough and and just broad enough and loving enough that he lets us to do that. So I'm having this discussion with him, and I'm like, prayer, you know, we heard it, I'm preaching to the choir, you know, we got a really great group and all of that, and he, and he says, he reminded me of this, and, and this story that I came across, I don't know how long ago, but the, the idea is this, the illustration is this, how many have ever made hot tea before? Okay, all right. Uh, a, a good hot tea is nice, especially in the winter time. It's nice. How many know that when you have the hot water and you have the tea bag, that when you want hot tea, you don't. You, you, you I mean, think about how you dip it in there. You dip it in and dip it out, and you're good to go. No, it it, it takes two dip, dips, right? It takes just two dips, and you're done, right? Uh, three dips, and you, man, it's really great, right? It has to soak. In that, in order for the tea leaves to change the water to what its intention is to be tea, it has to soak in there, it has to steep in it, it has to absorb, and it has to, the tea leaves have to have to kind of fuse with the water to change the taste, the flavor, the color. And this is what God revealed to me and showed me was I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk about prayer again. He says, no, you've got to steep in this thing just a little longer. Because the longer we steep in it, the longer we spend time in prayer, we will become more like our Father. The more we spend time with Him and, 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 and spend in steeping our hearts, our minds, our souls, our, our, well, everything we're doing, the more we steep in that, I believe the more that we will taste and look more like Christ. Does that make sense? And so this was the premise. So this, after God gave me this scenario, I was like, okay, yes, sir, because how can I argue with that truth? That was pretty good. And so we're going to continue this series on bold prayers. Somebody say bold prayers. All right. Somebody say bold prayers. Yeah, now you're saying it like you're bold. I appreciate that. That's perfect because this is a very bold series. And a very bold series requires us to get really bold with our declaration, with our willingness to jump in, to 
for our willingness to apply these things. And so we're bold. So say bold prayers. prayers. All right. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 5 and 6. We're going to be looking through Matthew chapter 5 and 6. And I want to look at what is called, often as you're turning there, I'll just kind of let you know. Make sure you have your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. You know, electronic Bibles are good. But but there, there's something about when you can remember. You know, my wife is, I'm going to pick on her a little bit. She's she's in school. And uh, she takes a lot of notes. And she has, these, she has this one particular book where she, in pharmacology, she's learning all about the different types of drugs and different things like that, what they do, what good and bad and all the, those kind of things. And she, she's kind of getting to the point where she can flip through that thing and find, you know, there's hundreds, thousands upon thousands of different types of things. She's getting pretty good because she's using that book she can flip through. You can become familiar with it. And in that same way, I think we can do that. Uh, I don't know. I have like three or four or five or ten Bibles, different types of Bibles. But I always, when I'm really looking for something, I always know to go to this one. This is the one that gets the workout. And this is the one I can know. And I can, it almost falls to the right place by itself. You know, it gets so used. And uh, I think that's important to be able to use this as a, not only is it life, but it's really a textbook, isn't it? it? It's really a place that we can find direction. It's like a road map at times. It, it may give us direction. So um, I always encourage you, because you could mark it up. You know, my, my father-in-law, God bless him, if you look at any one of his maps to get anywhere in the, in the country, he has it marked up. And you know what he has it marked up as? Where are the good places to go eat at each city. But every city, he has a place. He circles it, stars it, highlights it, you know, if it's really good or whatever. Or there's a, a, a certain franchise he likes, man, he's marking it real good. And it's kind of, he knows how to get there. So when he finds him, himself in a different place and in a different environment, he knows, I still know where to go to get some good vittles. In that same way, we mark up our Bibles. That when we find ourselves in an unknown territory, in a place where we're like, I'm not sure, we can open up our atlas, the very best atlas that God's Word is, and we can find where we're supposed to go. That's just my plug for the Scriptures. Amen? Good idea? Isn't it a good idea? Okay, cool. So by now you should be in, in Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're going to flip to 6. I'm going to skip 5 because I'm already talking too long. Chapter 6. And we're going to look at what's called... Uh, most of you heard the Lord's Prayer. Okay? Uh, so how many of you are familiar with that term, the Lord's Prayer? Okay, good. So, so I'm going to look at that, and this is the other thing. I know that all, most of us are familiar, and I, you can just assume that we know what it is, and it reminds me of another story. These two guys were playing golf, and uh, they're on the golf, and they're kind of arguing about religion and stuff. And the guy got kind of fed up. One of the, the second guy kind of got fed up. and said, So if you think you're so holy... And you're so religious and all of this stuff. He goes, Why don't you, I just, I'll, give, I'll bet you 10 bucks you can't recite the Lord's Prayer. And the guy's like, all right, you sure you want to take that one? Because that's the easy one. He's like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. He says, okay, here we go. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If the Lord, should, right, you know, this, this. And he's kind of cocky, he's like that. Well, this first guy, he's like, he's like, oh, man, He's like, huh? What? What? He's like, I didn't think you could do it. And he pulls out his 10 bucks and gives it to him. <laughs> we all assume we know, so I don't want to do that today. I want to just dive in as if we don't understand. And really, the Lord's Prayer, I believe, really should be called the Disciples' Prayer. 
Because this really was a roadmap, like I said in script, about Scripture, it's really a roadmap for us as the believer. Jesus didn't know, have to know how to pray. He was God. Can somebody say amen? amen? Jesus was teaching and training his disciples. And guess what? That makes you a disciple because we are in Christ. We are hanging with Christ. Amen? And so we're disciples. And so this should be called, I think, I'm going to officially change it. As the disciples' prayer. I hope that it's heresy to some. But I want you to understand how important it is to get this. And so in verse 5, in verse 6, chapter 5, let me try that again. Chapter 6, verse 5, I'm going to start with that. It says, and when you pray, so I want to stop there for a minute. So we remind ourselves that this is Jesus talking. He is our teacher, right? He's probably the best teacher of all teachers. Would you agree? And, and so he is, he, he's our example. He's our guide. He's our guide. And he says, when you pray, there's an assumption that we're praying. Amen? He goes on to say, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be, keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need to do or need before you ask Him. And so I, I just want to stop there because I want to make sure we address this. It's not bad to, to pray publicly. It's not what it's addressing. It's addressing praying publicly to be known or seen publicly. Does that make sense? To draw attention. He's not saying don't do it. He's just saying don't do it with that intent. Somebody hear me today? Because there's a whole, I don't know if you know, there's a whole big teaching about don't praying out loud. And I'm, I, I, this wasn't the context behind what Jesus was saying. But he was addressing a group that was trying to reveal or trying to show how holy they were at times. One, this, the, the Pharisees and the, 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 the Sadducees. But also he could be talking to the disciples because sometimes the disciples wanted to be who was the best. They were always, they were, sometimes they were interested in that. And before we get too bad on them too much, how many times have we done that? Maybe we haven't done it outwardly or obviously, but inwardly thinking, man, I'm more holy than that person kind of a scenario. We've got to be careful of that, right? And so this is what Jesus is addressing, not that you can't pray aloud. He wasn't saying that, but he is saying that we need to do it with the right kind of heart. Somebody understand? Say amen. amen. All right, so let's continue now in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 11. Now, I've, I, have, I have one version on the screen in just a moment, and I have my version. I, I can't help, but, you know, I learned the King James Version but I, I use, more often I use the NIV or the NLT or the, you know, I, I bounce around between all the different ones. And so I, I found myself, right as I was typing this out and putting this on my notes, I found myself, I might have mixed a few of the translations, so I apologize for that. So anyway, let's read verse, uh, verse 9, starting chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, I, I should start with this. It says, this, this is how we should pray, or you should pray, Okay. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, 
Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not, verse 13, and do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Everybody, that's a good one, right? Amen. Now, I want to just discuss as we go through this, I want to remind you that where many times we have missed it when it comes to this prayer, uh, there, this prayer is, is spoken or read or, or prayed all through all kinds of places. But there comes a place when, when sometimes it's used as more of a tradition, enchanting, if you will, kind of a chant or tradition. And I don't think it's a bad idea to regularly pray this, but I think the careful thing is to, to figure out there's not power in the words in themselves of just repeating the words, but really the heart of what it's trying to say. And what Jesus is trying to do, he's not saying to pray just like this and this is what will happen. He's really giving a formula or a model, if you will, of how to go to the throne room. Okay? So understand that the words he's saying are broader or bigger than just the words he's saying. He's not saying that to pray to pray this way. This is some would say that Jesus said, "Okay, pray." This is how you should pray, and he didn't say that. He should. He said, "You pray in the manner like this." Now I know it seems semantics, but but understand that he's not saying that if I pray these exact words, that it's more powerful than another prayer. But the heart behind what he's saying, the model that it is, is where there is power because Jesus taught. How many know that Jesus is a good teacher? The best. And so he's teaching and training us how to pray. I want to go so far, and this is why I believe this is in this series, because if we look into this, and we will, we'll divide into it and, and kind of look deeper into it. It's a very bold prayer. Very bold prayer. Not only is it a bold prayer today, but it was definitely a bold prayer in that day. And we'll kind of look at that today. And so we're going to look at this prayer. But how many know, I just want to remind you, Jesus didn't say to, he's teaching us to pray. He's teaching us, he's not, he's teach, I'm sorry, he's teaching us how to pray, not what to pray. Does that make sense? I know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I really want to get that through. That he's not trying to reveal the, that this is the only way say these words and it's done, but there's, there's, there's a model here to, to understand, okay? Uh, Jesus warned about repetitive pairs, we, repetitive pairs, no, not pairs, prayers, repetitive pairs might be pretty deadly too, I don't know, but anyway, nevertheless, <laughs> repetitive prayers are not, they're, they just have no life. If we, if we just say them out of saying them, I did this uh, when I was growing up, I, I, Prayed that prayer. Now, let me down sleep. And it was like I kind of, you know, when I was a kid, especially, it was like one of those things. Like if I can say it the fastest, if I can beat my time from the last time, I, that's totally missing the point behind praying in general, right? And that's kind of a kid mentality. But how many times when we pray do we kind of think that? Oh, I'm just going to get this done and then move on with my life. And again, we may not consciously, but our hearts may not be really into it. Can I just be honest with you? I'm just going to be completely transparent. I've done that even last week. When I prayed for the meal for Michelle and I. Because we pray every, every time for a meal. And I found myself saying the same words. And I was like, 
stopped and I was like, conviction. Because I wasn't thinking about the prayer. I was going through repetitive process. Does that make sense? So be mindful. I said all that to say be mindful as you pray. Understand that we are going, when we pray, immediately we're going before the Father. You know, we, we just sang this song in, in he, that he removed the veil. Do you know that Jesus, that the, remove, the veil was not removed, it was tore the way we understand, but Jesus became the new veil. Do you understand that the power and the process and the power and the might of God's holiness and His presence is still powerful and you can't just go to it. It's only through Jesus. Do you understand? Sometimes we, you know, oh, it's the the veil's broke, we can go any time and that's true, but let's remember our heart because it's still a very powerful thing. And if we go with the wrong intent, it can really come wrongly. Just like the priests... In the Old Testament, if their heart weren't, was not right, they would have to tie a bell around their ankles, right? Now, I praise God that that's not the way God deals with us in this side of, of Christ. But we should not forget the importance or the, the value that Christ is for us. He is the new veil. And He allows us to walk through Him to the presence of God. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? So we don't forget, sometimes we forget um, the, the sovereign or the might of God. And that hasn't changed. We just now have this beautiful filter called the name of Jesus that we can come boldly to him. But he's still pow- God is still as powerful as he was when the veil was torn and a, and a priest was killed if he wasn't on the right standing with God. You, you get me? All right, so now everyone's scared. No, don't be scared. Be excited. You have Christ on the inside of you. You can come boldly, but we don't do it without thought or without heart. And so every time we go to the Father is a bold prayer. Because when we go to the Father, it's bold. Because He's powerful. In fact, He's so powerful. Remember when, when, when Moses went to the Father and had an experience with the Father, His face, His countenance changed. They could see it on Him. It was so powerful. There's others that had touched the ark, just held it the wrong way, tried to catch it before it fell, and they would die. Because the power and the presence of God is powerful and mighty. And in the wrong heart, in the wrong place, it could be deadly. Can somebody say amen today? And so we understand, I'm trying to get that we need to, to come, and we're understanding we're coming boldly. But God didn't, Jesus didn't teach us this is the way you pray this, 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 and this, and done. But he gave us a formula. So this is a very, very bold prayer. And so in order to, to go on, we need to pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we can come to your word, not on our own power, but through Christ. Father, we thank you that we can come to you and that you are listening, you're hearing, and it's available, and it's okay because of Christ in us. May we never forget that truth, the the strength that you are. We need your strength. We need that power that you have. But may we do it reverently. May we come with with the fear of reverence, Father, as we pray to you. And so it's in that heart that we come to you in this moment. That as you reveal your truth, that we don't take it lightly. But this is your word, your truth, your promises. 
It's your presence and your power that you're asking us to exercise in so that we can do what you've called us to do. So, Father, we just put everything aside. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. But even in your grace and mercy, Father, we thoughtfully, mindfully, heartfully come to you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Okay, so let's break this down line by line. Now, uh, there is found maybe six or seven ways to break this down, this prayer. I'm only going to get to three today. We'll, we'll get the rest next week, hopefully. Um, and, uh, and so the first prayer is that our, our first uh, part of the prayer is, of course, our Father in heaven, right? Or, uh, and, and what I'm calling this is the paternity of prayer. Like paternity, what, what does that mean? Well, has anyone heard of a paternity test? Okay, and so we understand that paternity means that DNA, if there's that DNA. And so the DNA of this prayer first is the Father. You understand when we pray, we're going to the Father. John chapter 16, verse 23 says this, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And so we go to God. Someone has asked me this before. How, are we supposed to pray to Jesus or to angels or pray? No, we pray to God, but we come through the possibility because of Christ. Does that make sense? And so we come and we can pray to God through Christ as a believer, and, and we understand. So it's the paternity of prayer. It's, it's, and, and also I want you to see this, and this is where it becomes a really bold prayer and a very bold statement, not only for us but them in that time, was that he is saying, Jesus is saying, I'm, his, I'm God's kid. He's establishing that he is... Now, in some circles, that would have been heresy. To identify themselves as holy enough to say that that's my father. Now, they, they called him in the Old Testament, they called him Lord and Father, but it had a totally different meaning than what Jesus meant here. And we'll get into that a little bit. And so I want you to understand that you're not just praying randomly. You're not, you're not just praying to the big guy in the sky that God is listening to you. It's God that we go to. He's the one that we're going to. And he is the one that, that re- reminds us. But Jesus made it bold by making it personal. He made it bold by making it personal. Because now he's allowed us to fall into sonship. Now, maybe in our culture today, we really don't grasp the severity or the amazement of those, those statements. But understand that this was... God, there was a different time when they, they saw God move in tremendous crazy ways and often it, it was before Christ, it was often through judgment. It was kind of scary if he didn't understand what was happening. And so understand that Jesus now is coming with a whole different idea to say, yeah, he's powerful and he's mighty, but I'm going to call him Father. Our Father in heaven. That's a bold prayer. God all-knowing, all-powerful, creator of heaven and earth, God that can smite and can flood and can do all these things, my Father in heaven, that I'm at a place in my life through Christ that I can dare to say, Daddy, do you understand the severity? Do you understand the boldness? And so when Jesus introduced this prayer, it was bold. It was so bold. It was earth-shattering, and people were upset by it. I want to remind you, when you begin to pray bold prayers, it's going gonna, it's gonna to upset the apple cart, but in a good way. But it's not going to just fall easy. 
Following Jesus was never supposed to be easy. Can I say that again? Following Jesus was never supposed to be easy, but it was supposed to be fulfilling, life-giving, made wholeness, but never did it say it was supposed to be easy. When we pray bold prayers, we're praying bold prayers, not easy prayers. Powerful, moving, earth-moving, mountain-moving, blind eyes open, limbs reappeared kind of bold prayers. But it doesn't mean we're not going to face opposition, challenge, attack, trials, issues. Jesus says, you're going to face it just like I faced it. Maybe in the the same kinds of way. I pray we never have to be crucified like the disciples, many of the disciples were. But following Jesus is never supposed to be easy, but it is powerful. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. This is how Jesus made it personal. And Paul writes it out. He says, For you did not give a spirit that makes you again a slave to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. By him we cry, Abba. Father, Abba, Father. For those of you that are products of the 70s, it's not the band Abba. <laughs> but Abba, the, the meaning of Abba means our daddy. He says he's given us spirit. We are new creation. His spirit is in us, new created like him, right, made righteous. And now he says it's in that spirit of sonship that we can cry out to him, Abba. And so here, this was a bold prayer, our Father in heaven. Do you see how bold that was? That we can say, mighty, sovereign, you know, infinite deity, daddy. What an amazing promise. What an amazing gift that he's given us. But it's very bold. Very bold. I like the way the message translation says this. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place where you won't be tempted to role play before God. And and just be there simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Our Father in heaven. Number two, the second part we want to look at is the, the next part. Our Father in, in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm going to call this the priority of prayer because we are establishing in our prayer who's at the who's at the top of this prayer. Now it's important we understand and I believe Jesus did this purposely because he knew humans. And he knew that sometimes when we come to God if we don't come in the right priority, we will come without the power because we don't come the way he calls us to come. There's a priority and the priority is hallowed be your name. God's first. That's kind of the theme for for word of life in 2021, right? Jesus is the only one in 2021. And so he's saying, we're, he's saying that in, as you pray, Jesus is saying, our Father, so who we're praying about? The paternity prayer, the fatherhood, the, the Father. And now he's saying how it, where we're putting the Father. He's at the very beginning. Hallowed be thy name. This is also with, with reference to Psalms chapter 100, where it says, where it says this, it says, Enter the courts with thanksgiving. No, enter his courts with praise. Someone help me. You know those verses you know you know and then you don't know them anymore in a moment? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Now this, 
we often will pray, you know, like, enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart, woo you know, and all this. But do you understand the severity? He's saying, when you pray, enter his gates, come into the Father with thanksgiving and praise. So Jesus is coming back to that. He says, okay, we're praying to God now. Let's pray to God in the right way by bringing praise, by bringing thanksgiving, coming to him in that honored way. Hallowed means to honor, to revere. And so we're honoring and revere him. How's the best way to honor and revere him? By bringing him praise. By magnifying him above everything else. By putting him in that first place priority in our lives. And so that's why I say that this is a priority that we need to do. Jesus said this. The second thing is, is it's, it's to, it, so, so it's kind of twofold. The priority is that. The other thing is that the priority, when we put him at the priority, it, what it does is it converts an ordinary thing to an extraordinary thing. When we put him here, now we're living and walking in that extraordinary power, that, that part of God when he says that nothing's impossible for him. Part. So when we pray this prayer, hallowed be your name, we're saying, God, you're at the forefront, we're praising you, and now we've lifted the level of power, promise, and opportunity. The other thing is it helps us to be mindful. How many know we need to be mindful? I talked about that, but he's mindful. And say in First Peter it says that God says, Be holy because I am holy. And so again, when we say hallowed be your name, we're putting him in the forefront. He's here. I'm coming to him. I'm coming to God. I better come with the right heart. I, might, I ought to come holy. He didn't say perfect. He said come holy. And if you feel, I don't know, you know well, repent. Stop sinning. Turn to him. He says he'll not remember that any longer. The sin will be gone as far as the east is from the west. But it is important to remind ourselves he's holy, so we should be holy. And so when we put God at the priority and we're coming to him, though we're not perfect, we're coming, God, I want to come as best as I can. And he, he sees us through Christ. But let's not use Christ or grace and mercy as a license to just live any way we want to. Let's make sure we keep him at the forefront that we're walking out this thing by trying to be holy in every attitude, in every heart, in every action in which we try to, we do. Amen? Is that good? That's good, isn't it? I mean, it's not always easy, but it's good. It's not always fun, but it's sure good. It's sure life-changing when we understand and think of God that way. You see how this is a bold prayer? You can see how this is, it takes real boldness because now I've got to make sure that if I'm going to go to the Father, I'll make sure I'm staying holy or walking in as holy as I humanly possible and thanks be to Christ that I do it through Him. Amen? There's a lot of other scriptures, but we're going to keep going. We'll investigate it deeper on Wednesday night. Number three. So we said, Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done and earth as it is in heaven. This is the plans of our prayer. Again, a very bold prayer. Because as we are making plans in our prayer, we should be making our plans based on His will and not mine, not ours. When we are praying this prayer, we're saying, God, even though I'm uncomfortable, or I don't like this, or this is going on, and I'm asking you to remove it or change it, or whatever we would come to Him, we have to come with the truth that it's not my will but it's His will. So it's a bold prayer. Again, not comfortable. It doesn't, feel, it doesn't feed our soul or make our flesh feel better in the initial start. Our, our soul and our flesh will come in, come in agreement, will come in line 
with the Spirit of God eventually. Somebody say eventually. God's promise is, is, is truth in that, but we're not going to feel like it. And so this is why Jesus says, I don't want you to pray how you feel. I want you to pray His kingdom come and His will be done. Because if we don't, we'll pray with our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own expectations, or our own perceptions of things, which is deadly. Because we don't see like God sees. We don't know like God knows. I know, I think I know, at times, if I'm being honest. But in the truth, I realize I really don't know. I I, I can say that honestly because probably all of you experienced. If you think back 5, 10, I thought I knew what I was supposed to be praying for and how it was supposed to come. And thank goodness that God didn't answer my prayer that way. He answered my prayer, but he answered the way it was supposed to be. Otherwise, who knows where I would be or what would be going on in my life. And so I understand that I see, I didn't see from his perspective if I prayed a selfish prayer or a safe prayer or a soulish prayer. And I'm thankful for his grace. This is when his grace and his mercy that abounded instead of what I prayed for in that take, in that place. And so as we are growing and maturing and strengthening our roots in him and we're growing in this bold prayer that we're doing we're saying god i i don't want it i don't want to have to live feeding on manna that you're feeding me every day i want to put my hand to the plow as you've equipped me to do and by growing up and doing that and by doing these things it allows us the did you know in scripture when they when the, they were going to go to the promised land they were in the wilderness and they were getting fed manna every day but they could only have what they had in that moment they couldn't save it or it would be spoiled. But when now when they're in the promised land and now that they're putting their hand to it, Jesus says, I'm going to let this, this land prosper. It's going to give you more than enough. And so all I'm saying is that when we begin to say, God, when we begin to not live on today in this moment what we think, but we go on his will, he'll give us plenty of food. But not only will he give us food for today, but he'll give us food for tomorrow, so on and so on and so forth. And so if we come with that mindset, instead of kind of allowing our, our soul, our mind, or our thoughts, or our expressions, or our momentary challenges to determine how we pray, and we instead we pray what Jesus said to pray, how to pray. He didn't say not pray for a circumstance. But he first said, pray his will for the circumstance, not what I think the will is for, his circumstance, for that circumstance. Hard, not human, normal, natural. But way better, way, 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 way better, way better when God's anointing it, when God touches it, it's way, way better. And so sometimes I think we, he might even give us what we pray for. And it may not be his full will, but some, he's so good, sometimes he blesses it. But you know what? Sometimes we're getting second best for what he had in store because I didn't pray his will, I prayed mine. And amazingly, again, sometimes God just grace and mercy gives you those things. But that's not his best best. Do you understand how we need to, when we come, that he has so much greater. I'm thinking, man, I can think of really good ways that God can bless me in a situation, in a challenge, and how it should come. I can come up with really great scenarios. This would be the best scenario. Someone would win the lottery and give it to me kind of prayer things. That's a really good scenario that I can make up in my head. Not going to happen. Be a miracle from God if that happened that way. And he might bless me, but if I don't come to him and say, God, just bless me how you you see. I know you, you've called this blessed and high in the favor. I know you have promises. I know we have all this. And you can. I, I don't want to settle for second and best. He will bless you beyond your understanding, further than you can ask or imagine. But we got to come in his will and his way. Prayer is simply not saying, and Jesus is saying, it's not 
praying, God, do it my way. He's saying, would you go to God and say, do it his way? The other thing is, it's not just because God's trying to flex. Like, wait, I'm the man. should be my way. Do you understand when God's telling us to pray his will, it's for our good. And when he prays, when he's asking us to pray for his will, it's because he has good in store. His perfect and good and perfect and pleasing will for us is just that. And so it's not like he's trying to be bossy. He's trying to protect us. He doesn't have to, but he wants to. He loves us that much. You can see how these are bold prayers, that this that Jesus revealed is a very bold prayer. And at first glance, you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. But as we dive in, you can see the power and the danger in this prayer. It's almost like God knew what he was doing. Like Jesus was actually listening to the Father speak and was speaking on his behalf. Because no one can come up with this in a way that is both powerful and dangerous and life-giving as this. Are we willing to pray this bold prayer? We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.